0: Gartner VP Analyst Bart Williamson says technology disruptions and socioeconomic uncertainties require a willingness to act boldly and strategically to enhance resilience over ad hoc responses. Now, he posits that IT leaders are in a unique position to strategically lay down a roadmap where technology investments help their businesses' sustenance of success amidst these uncertainties and pressures. Interestingly, five of Gartner's top 10 strategic predictions for 2024 have an eight. AI influence in them. Now, Forrester cautions that AI is not the only dynamics that will define 2024. The analyst predicts that the AI hype of 2023 will give way to a year of practical exploration. Now, with us today on Podchats for Future CIO is Mr. Sumir Bhatia, president of Infrastructure Solutions Group at Lenovo Asia Pacific, to explore with us how AI will power the growth objectives of businesses this 2024. Sumir, welcome to Podcasts for Future CIO.
1: Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure.
0: With so much interest in AI, how can AI be utilized to enhance productivity and efficiency in various industries to support these so-called economic growth objectives in
1: 2024? So, Alan, uh, AI, as you know, is a game changer. It can lead to absolutely increasing productivity, innovation, improving competitiveness, and most important, also driving sustainable growth. Contrary to what a lot of people think, it'll also help in job creation. I'll give you a couple of examples around various verticals. Let's look at retail as as an example. IoT and AI happens at the edge. Depending who you speak with, which analyst, about 80% of data will be at where it needs to be computed for AI. Leveraging computer vision, edge solutions are changing the customer and employee experience. Autonomous shopping, as an example, interactive media, store analytics, remote monitoring, inventory, energy management. You know, these are all aspects that are absolutely going to go and help in the retail. So let me give you an example. One of our um, customers in our AI Innovators Program, ISV, C2RO in Canada, you know, they're basically solutions in petroleum pumps using AI and computer vision. And they actually track when you have a customer that comes in, someone filling petrol in their car versus electric chargers. You know, it takes a little longer. How much time are they spending while waiting for cars to charge? They can track their journey into a kiosk or the convenience store and obviously see what sort of spend. And they do this without compromising the privacy of the person. For example, we have a product, Think Agile HX Server that's enabled here in Singapore, an organization called Denton's Products. It's Singapore's oldest legal practice. This is really cool because they're leveraging AI and data analytics to improve operational efficiency. So AI ops, and they've achieved over 200 performance increase by doing this. What's the biggest issue in manufacturing? The production stops, right? That's, you can't afford that. AI can optimize production, predict maintenance needs, and um, it amplifies also up to quality control. This is like across industries, which are purpose-built AI portfolio, edge to cloud, to device that can absolutely make a difference. And this is a tip of the iceberg.
0: If I were to ask you, you mentioned some of the use cases that are currently being deployed to solve possibly current business issues. One of the things that we've picked up over the course of the last six months in particular as AI got more traction in terms of use cases is the interest by business leaders in terms of AI supporting new areas of growth that have never been thought of in the past uh, given the prevailing technologies.
1: So a couple of things, right? Now, first of all, if you look at what we believe is AI everywhere, and it's not about AI being in a specific area. I talked about the AI um, in ops. In business models, there are basically three foundation models. So you have the public foundation model, you have a private foundation model, and you have the personal foundation model. Based on this, there are different models that are being created. We at Lenovo focus on what we call the hybrid model, which is the private and personal. There are several opportunities across this. And and I'll expand on some of these foundation models in a moment. But let me talk about some of these business models through an example. We have a customer in the Gulf of Mexico. What they do is they have a fleet of trawlers that actually go out into the early mornings, obviously when fishing happens, and they fish and on that ship they have an edge device and what they do is when they get the catch now you know in many many regulations if the fish is at a certain size you have to throw it back into the ocean if it's an endangered species you have to throw it back into the ocean otherwise hundreds and thousands of dollars of fines right what happens there is it's not left to a human to look at it but it's it's again ai talking about when and where they should be looking at putting it back into the ocean not only do they look at this as a model, what they do is they send information back to shore and to the the processing plant, saying that I have this catch and I will be back by so so and so time because the catch is where 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 hit. we've had a great catch. So the trucks roll up a lot earlier. You take the catch and they start the processing. And there's different aspects. They have they've already sold it to restaurants. And you think about the sustainability angle of that. How much of sustainable angle? So going back into the models, it's different models which customers are using. This is at the edge. Now, what we look at is we're focusing on a hybrid approach. And the hybrid approach is really looking at the private foundational model and the personal foundational model, because this is where all the security, this is what enterprises are looking for. Now, when I talk to senior executives that are absolutely well informed about AI, they've always said the list of generative AI always should include privacy and governance that a public FM foundation model can't deliver, since it's accessible by everyone. We're actually building the hybrid AI framework model. And this is where it gives them an opportunity to make sure there's an enterprise AI twin, so it addresses enterprise data protection and security, and also the model of personal where it brings in the productivity of the individuals in the organization.
0: As with all emerging technologies, things AI bring with them new risks that organizations may or may not be totally familiar with or prepared for. What would be the potential risks and challenges associated with bringing AI into the business workflow, the growth strategies of the organizations? And from your experience, how are organizations able to mitigate these risks?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a great question, Alan. Um, so obviously, with any new technology, there are risks. One, one first one as I talk to CIOs, and if I look at the various solutions being rolled out, well, the first is uh, is data privacy and security. Everybody's concerned about that, and, and rightfully so. How do we solve this? Building a security-first culture and conducting regular awareness. And that happens across the entire chain. The other part is about scalability and performance. And AI applications demand that the right infrastructures to support the compute. Now, if you think about this, AI and the infrastructure compute go hand in hand. AI will demand better compute. Compute will give the ability to be able to solve and and, and go and scale and improve performance. Now, and this is very, very close to us. You know, we offer a purpose-built AI infrastructure right from a device to the edge to the cloud. And that's very important because what I mentioned earlier, it's AI is not just about one particular area. It's about AI for all. And that's what we like to say. It's whether it's, you know, pocket to the cloud, to the edge, AI everywhere and to the users. The other important part, which I think is very, very important, is the ethical use of AI. You look at the challenges involved around that. What is the AI bias around? I was traveling to Japan in the cover of the newspaper the education minister was talking about the use of ai in education and what is right and what is wrong and if you think about this if a student has a thesis can they use chat gpt to take the output of the thesis you know you'd probably say no and most people would say no but some people may say yeah that's okay right so the question is what are the ethics for it but is it okay to take some research out the Answer is probably yes but what level is it so that's where the ethics come in. So to answer your question, how do you mitigate this? I think it's a responsibility of technology leaders like us to make sure that as we are rolling this out, we continue to go and be part of bodies that frame this, our founding committee members that frame the ethics part of it. And most important is to simplify AI deployments and improve accessibility. Goes back to what I said, AI for all. Make it simple. Demystify, you know, when every time AI comes, it's a scary word right but it's it's about how you know those examples i gave you that you can actually implement it and you will find 1.0 2.0 and onwards it's going to get better and better to make sure the ethical use of ai scalability and most important data privacy and security
0: now setting aside ethical issues and building these frameworks to guide organizations as they try to adopt AI. One of the areas that organizations say they, they want to have AI introduce in is around decision making processes and helping to drive again strategic growth for organizations. In your view, from a technology perspective, is the AI today ready to help organizations do decision making processes? And if not, what would be the things that they would need to do to help uh sort of like prepare the way for the technology to enable decision makers to make the right choices for their organizations?
1: The answer is there are some organizations that are taking the lead on this. They definitely are implementing AI. It is, again, to help them, it is vendors like us, invest in helping these organizations to grow and thrive. I don't think any organization can do it alone. As an example, we have invested a billion dollars, and this is after the $1.2 billion that we invested in AI to build infrastructure around AI. You know, when I talked about the compute and AI go hand in hand, that's a major investment. But that wasn't all. It wasn't just about infrastructure, Alan. It's also about where we build an AI innovative lab. So what we do over here is it's an AI innovation center where we've earmarked $100 million to build an ecosystem of solutions. And we've got about 45 different Innovative ISVs that have actually joined and actually produced 165 plus AI solutions, whether they're under manufacturing, whether they're under BFSI, retail, health, and and so forth. There are 165 different applications and AI solutions. This will actually help organizations to leapfrog into that area. Now, what we've also done, Alan, is that we built a Lenovo AI Discover Center of Excellence. Now, this provides access to Lenovo data scientists, AI architects, engineers that help explore, deploy, and scale AI solutions. So organizations that want to deploy it, they're not alone. And I don't think anyone has the level of capability that can say that I can do it by myself. It is about partnership. It is about solutions. And then the other part is also very important. And I'm going to be repeating what I said earlier is responsible AI guidance through this Lenovo Responsible AI committee that we have under the AI Discover Center. So working with organizations to make sure what is the responsible AI, the security concerns, and what are the areas which is the biggest pain point for you, the organizations, to go and implement. So in summary, there are organizations that have moved forward. Many of them start off with AI ops to improve things like HR, Operations supply chain. There will be, and there are, a few that actually are ahead of the curve and say that we're going to actually use things like the examples that I gave you on manufacturing or on a trawler. And these are the ones that will set up an example for others through companies like us, where we can say, "Hey, we've actually done this over here. Do you want to try this?" One other point I gave you that example of the trawlers, but just keep in mind that example of using some an edge device and AI on a controller can be used anywhere. It can be used in a farm. It can be used in logistics. And these solutions will crisscross across uh, different verticals uh, that astronauts will say, hey, I've used it over here. This organization, I think I can actually also use it over here. Manufacturing, can I use this in an oil rig? Possibly, yes. So that's where organizations are starting. At the end of the day, net-net, they need a strong partner.
0: Coming into 2024, as the CEO and the rest of the C-suite for the integration of AI into current technology roadmap, would you have any recommendations for the CIO and his or her team to consider as they look to bring about AI without disrupting business as usual for the organization?
1: The first thing is um, understand what you want. If I look at organizations and I I see you know what the CEO wants, what the board wants, and what the CIO can implement, there's a gap. you know, Because there's so much around AI that everybody wants to do everything today. So the first thing is identify what is it that you can deliver with the current resources and investments that you have. So it's very critical. And be realistic to have the conversations. We're finding more and more business owners of the business coming forward and saying, this is what I want to Do with AI. And this is where the CIO, which has always been in the driving seat for a very long time, has to start working very closely with the business and be very clear on what reality is and what is it that they can implement and what is it will be on phase two. So identify what that is. Make sure that there's a realistic approach in executing it. Start small, start with AI and ops, look at the pain point, look at the set of data that you want an outcome of, look at the solution that you're looking at. Most important, make sure that you have the right partner in helping you execute this. And this is about a partner that can actually give you an end-to-end, not just one particular area, but something that you can scale and uh, perform over time. As I said, it's very critical. AI is about AI everywhere, but it's a journey. It's not something you can turn on and turn off a switch. You need to make sure that you're able to connect and you have a journey there. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn from others. But that is the journey, which will actually give you a huge
0: amount of benefit. Mel, do you have any questions for Sumir? How else do you see AI evolving in 2024, especially in terms of how organizations can use it for business growth?
1: In 2024, I see more and more companies getting into taking specific solutions, that are of a pain to them and and start moving towards that. You know, in 2023, we saw a lot of cloud service providers. We we saw a lot of high-performance compute organizations build up in the GPUs. I see that shift in enterprises in 2024. I see them across all segments. I gave you a few examples around uh, finance, manufacturing, retail. I see these uh, organizations moving forward with uh, certain initial uh, solutions, uh, and you will find them executing things like retail. How do I make sure that I have loss prevention in retail? How can I retain customers? Uh, How can I get more out of the same customer that has walked into my shop, but also goes in uh, in my online uh, site how can i use certain chatbots using DeepBrain as a partner on AI humans that can promote it. So you'll see more and more organizations starting to look at their biggest pain points and starting to implement it. You will see that the private AI model being starting to really be used, and then that will soon move into uh, efficiency into employees. Uh, You know, organizations are going to start seeing how can I make my employee more efficient. Lastly, you know, I said something at the outset. There's always a fear. Of will jobs be lost? You know, will I get replaced uh, by AI? I actually say this is the start of people being reskilled. I see a lot more opportunities, a lot more jobs coming up, and I see a lot of reskilling in organizations. And that's my other advice, Alan, that you asked me. I'll I'll just add one more uh, to the question that you asked me. I would advise all organizations to start looking at that reskilling, reskilling of employees, and have reality that you need to reskill in this you AI world which is going to help every organization grow and thrive that actually venture into it.
0: Sumir, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you, Alan. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Bill.
0: That was Sumir Bathia, President, Infrastructure Solutions Group at Lenovo Asia-Pacific on the topic of using AI to power growth objectives for 2024. You are listening in the Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at at editors.society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.